From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. This is part five in our series, Our Marriage Vows. In today's episode, we're wrapping up with the final line in your vows, as long as life shall last, the commitment part. And Vince Lombardi had this to say about commitment. He said, most people fail not because of a lack of desire, but because of a lack of commitment. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about that quite extensively in today's show. But first, we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family whose marriage is experiencing transformation. And this week's hug is sponsored by KiwiCo. And we're going to be sharing more about how they deliver hands-on science and art projects for all ages a little bit later in the show. This hug came in from an email that we received and said, My wife and I have always been close and had a strong partner relationship. But our sex life was not something that either of us were able to find happiness. Mm. I found your podcast about a year ago and began listening deliberately and often. I introduced my wife a month or so after I began listening and immediately began the intimacy lifestyle. Wow. The change in each of us is astounding. Wow. We talk openly about our sex and our communication has deepened to a level that I wasn't sure was possible. We've grown Mm. in our other intimacy areas as well. When nothing is taboo to talk about in your marriage, even the difficult topics seem to go better. Yes. Thank you for your ministry and for sharing your gift with the one family. P.S. We started the coffee breaks and the 19 questions were a blessing. We revisited them twice now, and I'm thinking about asking my wife to do it quarterly. We have found that as we learn more, those answers have changed and grown. That's so amazing. Intimacy lifestyle, man. I'm telling you, it is the game changer in my opinion, for what we do in marriage, because it drives everything, all intimacies together. And by doing it, my goodness, you do learn about yourself, you know, in a sexual standpoint, but you also learn about the romancing, the initiating, the emotional intimacy. You learn about, hey, how are we dealing with our financial intimacy, our spiritual intimacy, all of it comes together because you're on a path together Mm -hmm. and walking out something that this couple has done I don't know when we got this email, but they started it and the impact it's had on their marriage is going to continue to happen. Awesome. 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 Love it. Well, and as Tony said, this is part five in our series. And I just want to quickly recap the first four parts, just so we've got it all together as we're bringing this series to a close. But part one was I take you, right? You Mm -hmm. know, I, Elisa, take you, Tony. Part two was to have and to hold. We were talking about the physical and sexual intimacy. Part three for richer, for poorer. Part four, for better or for worse. And part five here is as long as life shall last. Or, you know, some of you may have until death do us part in your wedding vows. Or, you know, as long as we both shall live. There's typically some variation. What was ours again? As long as life shall last. As long as life shall last. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was us. Um, And, you know, however you see it or say it, really, we go into marriage with this expectation that it's a lifetime commitment. And in the one family, 99% of you said that, yes, when I said my vows, it was a lifetime commitment. And just just as a caveat here, and I know um, we mentioned it in the show for better or for worse, but if you're in an abusive situation, you need to get help, right? This is not, we're not saying that you have to stay in and you have to be abused. 
that that was never what marriage was intended to be for you. So I just want to put that caveat at the start of the show uh, because it's important that you all hear that if that's the situation that you're in. Or you know somebody who else is in it. Mm -hmm. So be an advocate and help them through that time because it may need, they may need some community, somebody around them to say, Hey, this isn't healthy. Mm -hmm. And as we're talking about this, you know, that commitment part at the end of the vows and, and theoretically it means that there's only one way out, right? Death. Mm -hmm. It means that even like last week when we were talking about for better or for worse, there are a lot of things that happen over the course of the life of a marriage. Oh yeah. There's broken trust. There is, uh, there are life situations that happen. There are a lot of things that can make it easy for you to, you know, throw up your hands and be like, I'm out of here. And then on the other side of it, there are amazing vacations. There's man, there is amazing sexual encounters with your spouse. There's amazing romantic date nights and dinners, amazing places that you just go and see times on the couch cuddling. So for better or for worse, there's both sides of it. And so when we take a look at this last line, you know, as long as life shall last, we were never, 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 never at any point in time in your life where you promised that everything was going to go well. Mm. And, and so we get into this place where we're making this commitment before God, friends, family, on a beach, in the courthouse, wherever you said your vows, that we, we weren't going to make this be a disposable relationship. That when we stood up and said, I take you as long as life shall last, that means I take you in spite of the circumstances that we're going to face. Mm -hmm. I take you not knowing, can we all be real clear here that not a single one of us knew on our wedding day what life was going to throw out us over the next, you know, six months, 12. And we've got friends who, you know, within their first year of marriage faced an intensely um, difficult cancer. Mm-hmm situation oh, yeah. in their friend. I mean, they were married months. You guys, their the last like six months of their first year of marriage was spent battling a very aggressive cancer. Praise God. He's cancer free, but they didn't sign up for that on their wedding day. Some of you have had crazy financial struggles that you did not sign up for. Right. And so if we look at this going, well, as long as marriage is making me happy, I'll stay in it. Or, you know, it's all about, you know, I don't want to have to work hard at this thing called marriage or I deserve something better. We're totally negating the fact that this line about commitment is in our marriage. We're negating the fact that there is a reason that we say these words. And marriage was never supposed to be this temporary commitment until something better came along or until someone else you thought could fulfill your happiness. It's supposed to be a lifetime commitment. We're supposed to be making this decision that I'm going to power through with you. I'm going to find ways to overcome with you. Not just tossing you to the side when, you know what, it, it just is, it's inconvenient, right? This just, this isn't working for me. Because when we make that commitment, guess what? You made a commitment to get involved in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? When, when we're like, you know what? No, this is disposable. When, when you're not honoring those vows, it's kind of like, well, you know what? Meh. I'm just going to, I'm just going to forsake it. And, and this idea that marriage is going to be a lifetime commitment is actually rather countercultural. Right. According to different research, the average American marriage lasts, you know, somewhere between seven and eight years. Right. I just want to know, we actually asked you how long y'all have been married. We got hundreds, hundreds of responses. I don't know that we've ever had a question that has gotten so many responses. And, you know, if you look at the length of time, I mean, we have people in the one family who have been married, you know, like days, 
And some of you are, you know, engaged and you haven't even gotten to that part. And then we've got couples that have been married into their 30s, 40s, and 50s. And right now, the average length of time for all of you that you've been married is a little over nine years. It's pretty close to 10 years. And it's so amazing because I look at this, I'm like, y'all are pushing through. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're beating the statistics. You're beating the statistics. And, and so give yourself a pat on the back. Because I know what it's like to look at that line and go, I don't think that's going to apply to us. I know what it's like to sit down across from Tony and to say, you know what? I know I told you as long as life shall last, but this just got really hard and I feel really disconnected. And I've been looking up divorce attorneys. That happened at year four. The I first time. That. I remember it. That was a, oof, that was a gut punch. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you're there, have had that happen to you, believe me that, Things can change. Things can change if you're willing to be intentional and take action and in your spouses as well. And together you can have the extraordinary, but here's the thing. You gotta, you gotta start making some change quick. Mm -hmm. Like you can't sit on your laurels and just be like, Oh, maybe something, this or that. I I do believe for Elisa and I, even at that point there, there was some quick action that was taken. We did get to year 11 again though, and not having a clue again because we didn't continue on. Well, because at year eight, uh, was it year eight? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's when our son Andrew died. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was just like, you know what? This would be so much easier. Like this whole doing life with another human being that, you know, I feel so disconnected from. I'm like, yeah, it's probably easier if I just don't stay here. Right. And I I remember, I remember having a two-year-old having just lost a child and thinking through, how am I going to be a single mom? How's this all going to work out? How am I going to like still be the mom at home and go out and work? And how are we going to do this? And how am I going to tell Tony, you know what? This is just too hard for me. And I'm blessed to be married to a man who is incredibly stubborn. And I would like to say that he's also blessed to be married to a woman who's incredibly stubborn because it was that stubbornness. It was the fact that we've got role models in our life Mm-hmm. who have been married decades. Both of our parents got married within two months of each other in 1972, who modeled what it looks like to make that commitment as long as life shall last. But I will tell you, divorce has crossed the lips of Tony and Elisa. Oh, yes. It, 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 and and I, like, I look back on those times and I just remember how dark it felt and how I didn't actually understand the power of this commitment. Yeah, that's, I think, the biggest thing for both of us, you know, because you say them and then you move on and it's like, oh, whatever, whatever happens, happens. You know, it's like, it's just that it's the, we said it to get through it and yet do we really believe it? Mm -hmm. And back then that's what we did. And I think that's why we came up to those points in our lives where we were looking at divorce. We were looking at this as, you know what, we could, we could just, you know, move on and no big deal. And yet when we finally started pulling those vows apart again, when we finally made a commitment to say, you know what, we're taking divorce off the table, as long as life shall last, it changes. Mm -hmm. Like those words change because it doesn't mean we're going to sit in the status quo anymore. We're going to do something different. We're going we're gonna to change who we are and how we approach this thing called marriage to experience something that many don't experience um, other than the ones in the one family. Right. Because if I don't actually place any value on that last line, whatever it is in your vows, then 
marriage to me can be a temporary relationship, right? It can be about me being happy. It can be about, about making sure that, you know, it's just easy for me. And so mm-hmm. when it's not easy and when I'm not happy, then I can come up with a slew of reasons why I can just ignore mm-hmm. that last line. And, and there, you know, there've been many seasons in our marriage where there hasn't been happiness happening on either side or one on side. But if I choose to look at marriage with the understanding that it's a lifetime commitment, that divorce is not an option, that I'm going to make those choices, then all of a sudden I have a commitment to Tony beyond those words. But I have, I have this need, this desire with inside of me to start doing those things that are going to promote the longevity of my marriage. Because you're going all the way back to part one when we said, I take you. Mm-hmm. I t- if you just take the first part and the last part, I take you as long as life shall last. I'm involved in the process as long as we are both breathing. I have a responsibility to be actively engaged in this. I have a responsibility. I've made a commitment to you that I need to do what it takes. I don't need to look at you and say, you know what, as long as life shall last, you need to like make this all work. Mm-hmm. I full transparency. I've probably said something along those lines to Tony over the 23 years, 22, almost 23 years we've been married. Like, why aren't you doing something? And it was so interesting. I was having a coaching call the other day with a husband who early on, as we were working together, he'd be like, well, I can't understand why my wife's not doing this. And I want her to do this. And, and she's not putting in enough effort and da, 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 da. And it was all about his wife. And we're having this coaching call and he starts talking through some stuff and I'm just letting him talk. Just let him talk. And he gets to the point where he's like, oh, I need to make a mindset shift and start looking about what my role is in this. Yes. And I just let him sit with that thought for a minute. Because now all of a sudden, he's got the empowerment to stop looking outward. And that's so often when we want to make our marriages disposable, it's because we're looking at what our spouse is doing or isn't doing and how that serves us. But what if we took a look at this commitment and said, all right, if I'm, if I'm going to honor those words, if I'm going to honor those words, then I have a responsibility to live them out. What does it look like? Guys, just imagine for a second that you're, you're saying those words to your spouse again, right? And we're talking about what, six words, as long as life shall last. What would you do differently on a daily basis if you wanted the rest of your life to be extraordinary, just stop for a second. What would you do? How would you treat your spouse? What would you say? How would you romance them? If you're like, ah, yeah, I'm not just tolerating this, but I want this to be amazing. Through all seasons, through all seasons. And again, we, we, we shared it for richer or for poor. You know, we talked about the financial aspect and in other areas of our life. Because there's going to be this ebb and flow, but at the end of this, at the end of our vows, it, it, it's it's the commitment. It's what's pulling all of those together. And as we've asked you before, we, we've asked you, hey, pull out your marriage vows, read them to one another again, and see what they're saying. And as you get to this end part, as long as life shall last, is a, that commitment to the end. And I, I saw this play out with my own parents, you know? And from a kid's standpoint, you know, you, 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 you do see things from, from your parents, right? When you're growing up, the good times, the rough times, 
you, you see it. You see it when when you leave for school or you, you leave the house because you're 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 gonna go adventure or do your own thing, and your brothers and sisters begin to leave, and they begin to live their life again without kids in there, and what happens? And then it, it comes to a point where, you know, something may happen to one of your parents, and and you have to walk through that. But I'll tell you, seeing that love, it, it, it was a whole new place for me to be. Mm-hmm. Because I, 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 saw, I saw a marriage last 42 years. Mm-hmm. Not, not, from the, not from the very beginning, mm-hmm. but I was born a year after they got married, so they got on it pretty quick. But I saw a lot, and I saw 42 years of marriage come to, to that point where I was like, Wow. And they went through it all. And I, and I was looking at my own life at the time and where we were with our kids, you know, two years ago and, and just going, this is all going to be a blink of an eye. It's going to be so quick. Kids are going to be gone. And it's going to be Elisa and I just sitting in this house. What do, what do we do then? What does life look like then? As long as life shall last, it isn't just through those years when, you know, the kids are going and, and we're building our careers and all that, but it's also when the kids leave. And maybe even for some of you, it, you're in retirement right now. And what does this look like for you as life shall as long as life shall last? Maybe there's some more aches and pains than when you were 25 when you got married or 30 when you got married. Maybe there's you know some ailments that you have. Maybe there's some some habits, some lifestyle habits that you know have attached and need to be taken off and broken off. Because at the end of the day, it's not just getting through and getting by and and, and with a number before that anniversary. You know, I've, we've made it 22 years. We don't say that to, to be like, it's a, you know, look at that big number. I don't care. You could be married 50 years and have a horrible marriage. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have a, have a marriage that's, that's been going on for 50 years and, and knowing that we've been pushing and pressing into it so we can have the best. So uh, just when you see those words and you read them again, what does that really mean in all seasons? And that's, that's part of what we need to talk about in regard to the show, right? What does this phrase mean? And and I'm hoping that over, you know, the last four weeks that you guys have pulled out your vows because maybe you don't remember exactly what that last line is. Maybe you need to look it up and say, okay, you know what, what is that last line? And, and how is this going to, how is it going to, this line specifically, how is this going to be a foundation from our marriage from this day forward, right? Which is a line that we didn't actually talk about, but, but it really pertains to what we're talking about here, that every day you have the ability to live your marriage from this day forward. And as we talk through those strategies, before we do that, we want to thank this week's sponsor, KiwiCo. We all love a good subscription box, right? From food boxes to wellness boxes, they're all the rage. But what about a subscription box for your kids that's fun, educational, and helps them develop creative confidence to change the world? KiwiCo creates super cool hands-on projects for kids to make learning about STEAM fun. STEAM, that's science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Designed by experts and tested by kids, each month, the kid in your life receives a new, fun, and engaging project with all the supplies they need to challenge themselves creatively. With boxes for kids age 0 to 16 plus, we're so excited to see what's going to be coming in the boxes for our kids. And even if you don't have kids, this is a great way to spark creativity in the kids that you know, maybe your nieces, your nephews, or even your friends' kids. KiwiCo is a convenient, affordable way to encourage your children to be anything they want to be. For our listeners, go to kiwico.com one to get your first month free. 
Every day counts when it comes to making a difference. So don't miss out on this amazing opportunity. Again, go to kiwico.com slash one and get your first month free. That's kiwico.com slash one. So to start off, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you've been married for a couple of days or a couple of years or a whole bunch of decades. You can embrace this idea of as long as life shall last and start to see the transformation in your marriage right now. You know, what are the commitments that you need to make to your spouse when it comes to how you spend your time? Maybe changing the quality of the marriage for the next 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years starts with you being intentional about the 24 hours that you have right now. Mm, yeah, that's good. Do you need to do you need to look at how you're dating your spouse? And I'm not just talking about date nights, but I'm talking about like how do you how do you romance them? Mm-hmm. What are the what are the two of you talking about? I can't tell you how many people are like, yeah, we like don't even we we don't have conversations. Hey, and we have something for you. If you need it, we have a great book called Connect Like You Do When You First Met 101 Proven Question for Couples. It's quick, it's easy. Questions from, you know, those romance to date night to sexual intimacy to finance. It, all it's about is changing the language that you're using and the conversations you're having when you do go on out on a date. Stop talking about the job and the kids and the laundry. Hey, been there, done that. Instead, pick up the book and start asking each other some questions over date night. Just bring it in with you or take a couple of pictures of them, have them on your phone if that's what you got with you, and go do it. You can check that out at connectlikeyoudid.com. You also need to be intentional about the intimacy in your marriage. And I'm not just talking about sex. Having an incredible life that you want to be a part of the relationship for as long as life shall last really deals with with touch and with intimacy and with all of the different, you know, physical intimacy, sexual intimacy, emotional, recreational. It's not just looking at one area and say, well, I'm just going to focus all my energies on this because having that extraordinary marriage that goes the distance is really about looking at the whole marriage. And it comes to this place of saying, what do I need to do to convey to my spouse that they're a priority? How, how do I tell them that this relationship, that it was so important that we said, I do, mm-hmm. that there was a day when, when the two of us were the most important people in the universe. How do I, what do I need to do right now to let you know that I'm going to go the distance with you, that I'm in this for the long haul, not just to survive. It's kind of like what Tony was saying a few minutes ago about, you know, the length of time that people have been married. There's no badge of honor being married 50 years if it's been 50 miserable years. I mean, okay, so you've tolerated each other for 50 years. I don't know if that's what we want to do, though, here. That's what I'm saying. That's that's why I said there's no badge of honor. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because five amazing years versus 50 miserable ones, I'm going with the five. The one family, guys, the one family is, it's a family that says, you know what, we're going to we're going to pour the extraordinary into our marriage. We're going to be intentional about our time and our mm-hmm. communication and our sex life and, and the people that we surround ourselves with and what the words that we speak about our marriage. And we're going to invest. I, I love this. I, you know, I, I asked the question, um, what are y'all doing to make your, like to go the distance? What are you making to, you know, doing to make your marriage thrive? And people are talking about investing in one another with marriage books and conferences and podcasts. And obviously y'all are listening to this show. So I'm super excited about that. But it's also about giving each other an attitude of grace. 
Uh-huh. of loving one another, of learning who your spouse is, no matter how long you've been married, of serving one another. It's the physical, it's the cuddling, the kissing, the having fun and the laughing, right? It doesn't, it doesn't stop. Like all of those things, when I, when I looked at those words about what people were saying, you know, that they do to make their marriage thrive, it was all things that I saw and that I've heard and that we've witnessed ourselves and experienced ourselves in the courtship phase. Yes. And what hit me as I read through hundreds of responses about what y'all are doing to, to keep your marriages going and being exceptional and extraordinary is that they were all skills that you started the relationship with. And we've got to be those people that say that those skills don't get put up high on a shelf or tucked in a box in the garage that were like, okay, well, that was great, but I don't need that anymore. You definitely do need to do, and, and I know y'all have heard this phrase that says, um, do what you do to do what you did to get your spouse and you'll be able to keep him or her mm-hmm. some variation, on some that. variation of that. It, it's, you got to pull, you got to pull the, the tools out of the tool shed. If you're going to use them, you know, if you're, if you want if you want a beautiful garden, you, you got to use what you have and what you have in that tool shed or in your toolbox, you got to start pulling that back out. And it may mean. There, there was a marriage book or two that was just radical for you guys 10 years ago. And maybe it's gone dusty. Mm. Maybe it's time to pull it out. Maybe there was a devotional that you guys did that really touched you and really moved you closer to God and closer to your spouse. Pull it back out. Maybe maybe there was a, a conference or a, a getaway that you went to in the past. Maybe you haven't gone to any in a while and it's time to get a little refresher. And I want to share that our next one conference is coming to Kenosha, Wisconsin in September, 2019. Go to oneliveevents.com. For those of you in the Midwest and all around the country and Canada, wherever you may be, come join us. Go to oneliveevents.com. Podcast, you're listening to them. Here's the one thing I will say about podcasts. As a podcast listener, we need to take what we're hearing and we got to put it into action because I can sometimes as well just listen, be like, oh, that's so great. And I'll write down some things and then I never go to it. But the ones where I do and I learn and I, and I even take a, a step, you know, to put a new skill in place, those are the ones that really touch me. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're doing, sometimes we just got to go back and pull them out. Maybe, maybe there is, again, there's something there that you did so long ago that just needs to be, it just needs to be sharpened again. You know, that, that, that knife that you use to cut steak, it is, it's a little dull. It's not cutting that steak. You know, you, you got to sharpen it again. And, and I do that here when we make our food. And, and I just notice, I'm like, oh, gosh, that went, that went through so much easier just by sharpening, just taking a few extra minutes just to sharpen it. Be surprised how much, how little time it could take to, to I wouldn't say little time. Sometimes sharpening is the most important time. Mm-hmm. You spend the most time sharpening because with that comes the longevity from it. I, my mind just keeps going over when you said, you know, you're talking about it being a garden. And I think about the fact that any great harvest comes after time. It comes after diligence. It comes after obstacles. So whether we're talking about, you know, roses in your backyard or you, you know, farm hundreds of acres or maybe you planted a tree for Mother's Day or, or whatever it is, right? We don't just get to, to the, you know, have the end, right? It's not like you, you know, you plant it and it's, you know, blossoming and it's got all of this ton, you know, ton of fruit. I mean, there, there is this action 
that gets involved in getting to the harvest and having a marriage that goes the distance, having a marriage where the two of you are continuously renewing your commitment to one another. It's all about the process. It's all about knowing that there are going to be times that you're going to have to sow diligently into your marriage. And there are going to be times when you're going to have to soak in the rain, soak in from other people. And then there are going to be those times where you get to sit and you need to be in that place of going, wow, look at where we are. But just like the farmers, right, that want that incredible harvest, it's not just a one and done type of thing. It's something that you keep going. So as we wrap up this series, pull out your vows. Mm-hmm. Keep yes. them where you can see them. Don't just let this be that it was a great five weeks in your marriage, but but really incorporate your vows into your marriage and into how the two of you are creating an extraordinary relationship. Yeah. I mean, pull those vows out. Here's the thing. We're here. We're here because we want you, when you see this, as long as life shall last, we are here for you. That's what we do here at One Extraordinary Marriage. We're here for you to pour into this line of your vows. So that way when things are for richer or poor, for better or for worse, whatever it may be, you have a family that you can come back to, that you can resource yourself, that you can put something new in your toolbox or maybe pull something out of that toolbox to use in your marriage. So we're so excited as we finish up this series, Our Marriage Vows and What's to Come in Your Marriage, as you look through them this week, please, if you've done it, do it again. Finish it up and just go, this is it. Maybe for some of you, you're coming up on an anniversary, maybe a five, a 10, a 15, a 20, a 50. Maybe it's time for you to do a renewal. Man, what it means to say those words again after going through life together. I'll tell you, that in itself could be an amazing, an amazing event for each of you to go till, uh, till what is it? Till... As long as life as shall long last. as life shall last. I'm sorry, I, I messed like, that up there. I forgot that there. Anyways, we love you guys. You're amazing. We're excited to hear what's going to happen for you guys and your marriage as you go through your vows. Love you guys. Take care, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys. Bye.